From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. Literally, the Chinese government can go into the offices of TikTok and say, you have data about Americans, I want it, give it to me or I will put you in jail. Now, the United States, we have prohibitions against the government coming in and taking data of our companies. So that is what the expressed concern is that Trump has. Welcome back to another season of the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. As TikTok ticks towards a potential arranged adoption by Microsoft, the U.S. government has both threatened to ban Chinese apps and seemingly blesses acquisition by American parents. Business and technology law expert Daniel Ravitcher, director of Miami Law's startup practicum, unsnarls the tangle. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Good morning, Dan. Welcome back. Good to be here. Uh, first, a quick note to our listeners. We're still recording remotely, so please forgive any children, dogs, or other intrusions. Um, that said, I'm happy to be back on air. Uh, let's dig in. Why is President Trump opposed to TikTok? Well, we don't know for sure why he's opposed to TikTok, but we know what he's said publicly. So there is a law passed in the 70s that gives the president power to make economic decisions when there are emergency, national emergencies. Right. And those economic decisions relate to international trade. So this is called the International Emergency Economic Powers Act. Okay. And under that act, if there is a national emergency that has been declared, the president has broad authority to take certain actions to protect the country from harm in that national emergency. Okay. So Trump in 2019 declared a national emergency with respect to information and communications technology and services where international entities are using communication technology to collect data about American citizens. And there has been examples of Facebook data, for example, or other social media data, not TikTok, being used to identify the location of United States military assets. Because Soldier X has a Facebook page and he's very proud about being a soldier. And so people now know that Soldier X is in the army. They can figure out where Soldier X is located because Soldier X is posting pictures and saying things on Facebook. So there have been actual instances where data collected through social media has been used by other governments, other countries to learn sensitive information about the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically, Trump said in his executive order that he just issued on August 6th, that he is concerned about the spread in the United States of mobile apps 
that are developed and owned by companies in China. He's specifically worried about Chinese-developed apps, especially if those apps collect data about American citizens. Uh What they might do with that data, in addition to or other than the military location example I used a few moments ago, who knows? But it just makes Trump's skin crawl. And Chuck Schumer agrees with this. And Marco Rubio, this is a universally, largely universally held feeling amongst all of our politicians of all political parties Mm -hmm. that allowing Chinese businesses to collect a lot of data about American citizens is very concerning. And one of the reasons it's concerning is because the Chinese government has so much control and and can order all the companies in China to do whatever it wants. Literally, the Chinese government can go into the offices of TikTok and say, you have data about Americans. I want it. Give it to me or I will put you in jail. Now, the United States, we have prohibitions against the government coming in and taking data of our companies. So that is what the expressed concern is that Trump has. Okay, Um, Is it part of some bigger strategy, like political or otherwise? Well, in your opinion, you know, I think, yes, both for Trump and the American government. So there this is not the first time that uh, something like this has happened a couple years ago. Um, there was concern that when a Chinese company bought the dating app Grinder, that they had come to acquire a lot of sensitive information, including HIV status information of American citizens. Right. And the government acted there to require the Chinese purchaser of Grinder to divest itself. Even President Obama forced the Chinese government to divest itself of certain acquisitions or blocked certain acquisitions. So while this is getting a lot of press now, this is not a Trump specific. He didn't come up with this idea. We We should not give Trump credit for coming up with this idea. This is something that dates back, as I said, the IEPA, the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, that this is largely based on. This is the congressional statute that was passed that gives a president these powers. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was passed decades ago in the 70s. And while it was originally used because of concern relating to Japan, the concern now is related largely to China. Um, You know, so this, this is not a new thing, even though it may be getting a lot of new attention Currently. Right. So um, if I understood you correctly, so this goes back away. So is it legal because it has president or or can you talk a little about the legality of that? Right. That so ban? Uh, I'm a legal realist, uh, <laughs> which means uh, it's legal if the people or person in charge of making the decision about whether it's legal thinks it's legal. <laughs> So not to get too meta about it, my opinion (laughs) about its legality is largely irrelevant and worthless. Uh, My opinion about what the important people in robes think about it. 
So if TikTok was to hire me as an attorney and say, um, Dan, uh, this executive order has come out. What can we do about it, if anything? I would say there's lots of things you can do. Okay. So they all basically relate to filing a lawsuit in the courts, which TikTok has already said uh, privately, or they leaked it without an official statement, that they will be filing a complaint in federal court, likely in Southern California, against the Trump administration for this action. Now, in that lawsuit, they have to argue some reason why the action is invalid. Uh, They'll likely ask the judge for an immediate halt to the implementation of the executive order. So the executive order was passed on August 6th. It gave a 45-day timeline for it to be implemented. So TikTok needs to go to court very fast and ask for a preliminary injunction to prohibit the implementation of the executive order. And so what are the reasons they're going to argue that this executive order is not lawful? Uh, They're not going to get very far by saying the president doesn't have the power to issue an executive order. So executive orders are something that go back all the way to the founding of our country. Um, And they haven't, although they get a lot of press lately, for example, the Obama DACA, executive order. Uh, They actually haven't been used that much lately. The the president who used them most in recent times was Ronald Reagan. But the biggest user of executive orders was uh, Franklin Roosevelt, who passed thousands of executive orders. And in recent years, it's only been a couple hundred. And Trump is already on pace to surpass every president of the last 30 years in the number of executive orders issued. So it's always funny to say, You know, I don't believe in unilateral executive action. And yet Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump are two of the, you know, if we were to count executive action by number of executive orders, two of the biggest users. The the concept of an executive order is not clearly set forth in the Constitution. So there's an argument that executive orders per se are unlawful, that the executive is only to implement the law. They can't create law. But all those challenges after Franklin Roosevelt, uh, uh, had his fight with the Supreme Court and threatened to pack the court if they didn't support his EOs in line with the New Deal to get us out of the Great Depression. Largely on their face, executive orders are permissible. So I don't think a facial attack on executive orders is going to work very well. So what he's, what they can argue, though, is that they, this specific executive order has some problems. Okay. First, under IEPA, they, they can argue that the president does not have the power to do this executive order under IEPA itself because there are exceptions in IEPA for personal communications and for media like movies and films. Okay. So TikTok could say that when Congress passed IEPA, they did give the president the power to regulate international trade in times of a national emergency. But Congress said the president's power does not extend to regulating trade regarding personal communications or media. And they could argue that they fall into one of those exceptions. And that would be a way to give the judge. Judges don't like to generally go out on limbs and make big, broad decisions. But Mm -hmm. it would give the judge a very narrow basis just with respect to TikTok 
to say that this one is improper. Um, TikTok can make a more general argument that this executive order didn't satisfy their right to due process. So in the United States, we have due process rights. The government can't just punish you or take away your property without giving you a fair process. Now, what's a fair process? Well, again, this goes back to the eye of the beholder. So I don't think a due process challenge um, will be very successful, but it's one I expect them nonetheless to make. The, The cost of arguing a due process challenge is so low that the even if the, even if you only have a one percent chance of winning, okay, if the value of winning is a billion dollars and the cost of arguing it is less than a million dollars, that that is a rational decision, right? Give me a million dollars for a one percent chance to make a billion dollars. That's a rational investment, even though right. you're a ninety nine percent likely to lose argument. Um, you know, so those are two of the main arguments. There may be some other procedural arguments. So there'll be both substantive arguments and then also process arguments. And the, the substantive arguments is the one about the exceptions of IEPA. And then the process one being due process. Okay, good. Um, so last Monday, um, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said that TikTok can't continue the large-scale collection of Americans' data, but that his department can remedy. Do you know, can you parse what, that, what he means by that? Um, not exactly, because what he's referring to is CFIUS, which is this committee of um, the heads of various government agencies to get together you know, one of the problems we have with the government in the United States and elsewhere is the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. So mm-hmm. we often have problems with the Defense Department and the State Department and the Commerce Department are all doing different things and they're not talking to each other. So CFIUS was created um, in the 70s, again, mm-hmm. uh, when these concerns about foreign investment were arising. Um as a way for the heads of the various agencies to get together, have lunch, and just make sure they're all on the same page. Right. And so CFIUS then, as a committee, the, the head of the Treasury, the head of the Defense Department, the head of the State Department, head of Commerce Department, et cetera, Department of Homeland Security, they all sit together around a conference room table and they can say, okay, do we agree or disagree that TikTok's a problem? Okay, we all agree it's a problem. What can we do about it? Well, Attorney General Barr can do this and Secretary Mnuchin can do this and, uh, you know, Secretary of Defense can do this. Right. And so let's have a coordinated action. And this is actually and so CFIUS, what they largely can get involved in is they're the ones that can go in and decide how to act to either prevent foreign acquisition of United States assets or to retroactively force the divestment. So this is the committee through which the examples I mentioned earlier, like the divestment of um, uh, of Grindr uh, and other companies uh, that Obama blocked or forced to be divested that were acquired by China. This is a committee that works together to get it done. So Mnuchin, I think, is saying, look, the president has issued his executive order. Mm-hmm. I think they fully expect it will be challenged in court. It may get tied up in the courts for a while. Um, 
at the same time, belt and suspenders, while the executive <laughs> order is trying to attack this problem, let's also see what else we can do at CFIUS on a more permanent basis to address these concerns. You know, one of the big problems here is we don't have a federal privacy law. Mm -hmm. Like the privacy law federally in the United States is based on a nearly 100 year old statute generally saying that the Federal Trade Commission can regulate how customers are treated by companies. And the Federal Trade Commission has taken that authority and used it to police privacy violations. So when Facebook or any other company gets in trouble for, break, for breaching privacy concerns, they're not being accused by the federal government of violating a specific federal law. And now some have proposed that there should be a federal law of privacy. Even Mark Zuckerberg, when he was testifying in front of Congress a couple of weeks ago, said, we support the creation of a federal law to deal specifically with privacy. And so this TikTok drama is in part the result of the fact that we don't have a federal law dealing with privacy. So, for example, what could law, such a law say? It could say that if you collect data about American citizens, that data is not allowed to leave the geographical contours of the United States. Mm -hmm. You cannot collect data about American citizens and hold it in China. You cannot transfer okay. it to China. So if we go back to my situation originally, let's say... TikTok's offices in Shanghai or Beijing, uh, the Communist Party comes in with their guns and says, where are the computers holding all that data about Dan Ravisher and Catherine Skip? And they go, well, those all that data is being hosted in Austin, Texas or Wyoming or you know New Jersey. Well, mm -hmm. give it to us. Well, we can have restrictions in place that would prevent the transferring of that data. This is a concept that goes back for decades. We used to have a prohibition on the exporting of encryption software in the United mm -hmm. States. So if someone developed in the United States software that allowed for encrypted communications, you could go to jail if you posted that source code on your website or mm -hmm. sent it to someone outside the United States. Um, so we have restricted the transfer of electronic data or electronic code um, which computers, they don't really care what the difference is between data and code. It's all bits. So th these are problems that are manifesting because we haven't dealt with the privacy concerns, which are underlying the expressed reason for the executive order. Mm, got it. Um, so should we talk a little about the, what the possible outcomes are, what the impact might be? Right. So. You know, I keep coming back. This is just another example of Trump's wall is better thesis. I'm not going mm -hmm. to opine on about whether or not walls are or are not better. Trump clearly believes walls are better. A wall around America to keep Americans in and others out is mm -hmm. better. And I mean that both literally and figuratively. So when you take actions like this, what can you naturally expect? You know, if I was China, I would not. And China has prohibited Google and Facebook and other companies, Twitter, from being in China for many reasons, including they don't want American companies to collect data on mm -hmm. Chinese citizens and then have all that data hosted in the United States. For a long, there's a lot of mistrust of Microsoft. So 
what we could see here is if if we ban TikTok, China continues to ban Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, etc. So what we're going to have is instead of the promise of the internet, which is instead of everyone reinventing the wheel for themselves, let's just all share one wheel. We're going to have various walled gardens where China is going to have their version of the internet with Chinese owned companies and America will have its version of the internet with American owned companies and Europe will have its version of the internet. And maybe there will be some bridges between the two, mm-hmm. um, but it'll largely be segmented. Now there are pros and cons of that conclusion. You know, Trump would argue that the, the consequence of a no borders, no walls, uh, free trade, um, worldwide economy are um, that American norms do not export to other countries, um, that uh, social and ethical norms that Americans hold don't get followed in other countries. Uh, we will be subject to um, threat, economic, perhaps militaristic and otherwise from mm-hmm. other countries. So this is this is just one in essence. So is the world going to be better if we have different internets all over the world or a shared internet? And, you know, there's lots of debates back and forth about this. So kind of a TikTok tit for tat. I think that's a brilliant phrase. This has been really interesting. I, I can't thank you enough for uh, your time and knowledge. Oh, my pleasure. All right. We'll see you around, sir. Stay healthy. <laughs> you too. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. If you love our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uguez. Today's episode is brought to you by Miami Law's litigation programs, providing students with hands-on training for the courtroom through clinics, courses, externships, student orgs, and MOOC court programs. For more information, visit law.miami.edu forward slash trial skills.